The world was different that day. The economy was booming, 401ks were solid, and if asked, eight out of 10 Americans wouldn't be able to define the word jihad. On that day, something happened that changed everything. That day was a Tuesday. For most of us, our only connection to the events of that day was what we saw on television. However, we are all connected and that we all have a place. For some of us, it's a spot on the highway. For others, it's in an office. Or at coffee with a friend. It's the place we will never forget. The place where we watched it happen on that day. So here we are, many days later, still hurt, still angry, still trying to understand why. 1 Corinthians 13 explains that we don't see things clearly right now. In essence, we just won't be able to understand in this lifetime things like what happened on that day. However, it goes on to say that one day we will see all things clearly. But until that day comes, we have three things to embrace to help us in our reconciliation. Faith in God, unswerving hope, and love. And the greatest of the three is love. Through the shock and the horror, something else happened on that day. Although the evil intentions appeared to be a success, our country embraced the complete opposite of what was intended. Instead of division, there was unity. Instead of confusion, there was clarity. And instead of falling apart, We banded together. But then again, that's the way one nation under God will always respond. And I don't know about you, I'll never forget where I was that very day. How many of you guys remember where you were when that happened? Everybody, right? You know what's crazy? I, it just hit me this week is that there are like... 19 and 20 year olds that don't even realize they were they because they, they were like four or five years old at the time they don't even understand right we've got a whole generation that doesn't even realize what happened and uh, and and the 3,000 people that lost their lives that day and, and the tragedy that struck our nation and it, it was just it was a surreal moment it was like when I watched the Challenger explode you guys remember that it's just one of those other moments that just stain your brain forever. And uh, it was just, it's just been, it's really kind of hit me the weight of it this week and, and the generation that doesn't know. And, and, and that's why we need to remember, not because we want to be filled with hate, not because, because of the hopelessness, but we want to remember because, we wanna, because there was a, something that happened that day in this nation. I don't know if you remember, but I remember watching <laughs> our, our politicians 
on the, on the steps of the, the, the Capitol building singing God Bless America, right? I remember churches being full for those next several weeks. I remember, I remember people, this nation turning to God at a moment in time um, like never before. It, it, was, it was a surreal moment in our life and, uh, and one that we can never forget. And, and I think about the generations like my kids, 9 and 11 years old, who have no idea um, the, 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 the levity of that situation um, and, and, and what really happened and, 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 and why it happened. And I, mean, I don't even know if we still understand exactly what happened. I think we still try to put pieces together even right now, uh, 15 years removed from the situation of like, this is just still a surreal moment. You still look at those planes hitting those buildings and videos and you're still kind of waiting for it to not be real. You know what I mean? You, you see pictures of people jumping out of buildings going... This, this couldn't have happened. This has to be some kind of a bad dream. And, and I think about, about going to bed that night. I just celebrated our, our, one, our, our one month anniversary as a married couple. And we celebrated 15 years this year. And that very day, September 11th, I had our fir- very first mattress delivered to our house. Yeah, isn't that cool? And, uh, and I remember that. And, and so I remember laying in that bed that evening and just thinking, trying to put it all together. Not even know, I mean, we still, the, the dust literally had not even settled yet. And, and we as a country are trying to figure this thing out. I'm laying there wondering about what's next. What's God going to do? What, what, what is happening in our land? How can we, what are we going to do from here? Who do we need to punch in the throat um, to really make a, to make a point that they don't attack America? Come on, somebody, right? I mean, those kind of things. And, and just the, the uneasiness and the, the even unpeacefulness of, of that situation in the remaining, the next couple of weeks and, and watching the world be in chaos because what happened. And, and, and so, so today we remember because we don't want to forget. We don't want to forget, not because we want to harbor hatred, not because we want to harbor bitterness, but because we want to just embrace what happened in people's lives and honor those people that sacrificed their lives that day. Um, and and the lives were taken even that day. So that's why we do what we do. That's why we must remember. And, and on this day, as, as I shift gears, I want to, I want to think through, you know, the, the, it hasn't really changed in 15 years. The humanity really hasn't changed. Culture really hasn't changed because really the bottom line is what this world needs the most is peace. What this world needs the most is tranquility. What this world needs most is the thing that only God can offer them. And that's freedom in life, right? The freedom that comes through knowing Christ. That's the only thing that this world needs. And that is exactly why those planes were flown into that building is to, at- to attack the very thing that America stands for. And that's our faith in God. Don't kid yourselves. It's a spiritual battle. The Bible says that we do not fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against what? The principalities and powers of the air. The thing that happened to us on September 11th was not a physical thing. It was a spiritual attack right on the heart of this country. Right. And so, so I think about that today and I think about the, the, the coworkers that you have, the neighbors that we have, the friends that we have, the people that we interact with on a regular basis. And I think about the attack that is on their life. I think about the things that they are dealing with on a regular basis. And I know some of your stories in this room, and I know some of you are dealing with some very real things in your life. It's not the gravity necessarily of nine 11, but it is in your life. Does that make sense? There's some very real struggles happening in this room. There's some very real things that people need freedom from, that people need delivered from, that people need healing from. There's some very real things that your neighbors, your coworkers, your family members, people that you interact with on a daily basis need help, need healing, need peace. And that's only going to happen when we lead them straight to the arms of Jesus. That's the only way that's going to happen. So today, when I talk about finishing up the series, who's got your back, I'm going to kind of flip gears a little bit, and, and we're going to cut. Who's, whose back do you have? 
Whose back do you have? And, and I want to I want to kind of go because this whole thing about 9-11 as a country, we must never forget. And everybody's Facebook feeds are filled up with this. We must never forget. But listen to me, Christ follower. We must never forget why we're here. We must never forget what our purpose is on this earth. We must never forget the cause, the race that is set before us. We must never forget that. We must never get distracted by what God has put you on earth to do. And that is help people experience the life and the freedom that only comes through Jesus Christ. That's why you are here. Let's never forget that. And the great thing about the never forgetting thing that 9-11, and we've done so well with this, is we put it there in people's face. We put it in their presence every year. And it's even more than every year. It's always there. It's, it's the, our, 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 our flag has been stained, if you will, with the events of 9-11. It's still there. It's still on our hearts. It's still within our culture. And see, and I want, I want you to, to and we, we've written it down, so to speak. And as Christ followers, we need to write some things down in our hearts. We need to write some things down in our lives so we never forget why we're here. Listen, Habakkuk 2.2, 2, this is in the New Century, but it says this. It says, write down the vision. Write it clearly on clay tablets so whoever reads it can run to tell others. What he's saying is you need to write this stuff down so that you'll never forget Right? We have a generation of people that do not understand what happened on 9-11. That's why we never forget. That's why we tell them. So hopefully we can shift history. So hopefully we won't repeat the events of the past. So hopefully they can appreciate the sacrifices of those who went before them. Those first responders that went out and risked their lives, even gave their lives for the cause. And what he's saying here is the same thing. Don't ever forget those people that you're trying to rescue. Don't ever forget the loss. Don't ever forget your neighbor. Don't ever forget your coworker. Don't ever forget your family member. You must always remember why you're here. It's kind of like, it reminds me of the old uh, uh, Lion King. Who likes Lion King, right? You've got, right? What happens? He says, remember who you are, right? Listen, Christ follower, you have to remember who you are. You are an heir to the throne of Christ. You are his workmanship. You are his masterpiece. You were created to do good works that he planned for you in advance. So what that means is that you're not here by mistake. It doesn't matter what your mom did 25 years ago. That was an accident. You're not here by mistake. You're here on purpose. God has a plan for your life. You are his workmanship. You are his masterpiece. And he has something for you to do. Never Forget that. Never forget that. Keep your eyes on the prize, on the race that is set before you so that you can finish it and, 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 and get the prize that is laid before you, which is living in eternity with Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody. Let us never forget. Let us write it down. Let us never forget. That's why Legacy Church exists. Never forget this. We exist for one reason and one reason alone. And that is to help those that are far from God realize they don't have to be. That's why I say it every single week. That's why it's in everything, that every piece of literature, everything we put out, we try to put that there. It is to help those that are far from God realize they don't have to be. We have a morning huddle with all the volunteers that are here every morning on Sundays. And we, every morning, every Sunday, what do I tell you guys? Hey, let's not forget, guys. Here's why we're here. Here's why we do what we do. It's to help those that are far from God realize they don't have to be. 
right? Every week, it's what I do because I don't want us to ever forget our purpose and our cause. That's why Legacy Church exists, is to help the hurting, to help the lost, to help those that have no hope, to help those that are full of fear and have no faith, to help those that do not know God realize that they don't have to be. That's why we exist. Let's never forget that. Legacy exists, exists for one purpose and one purpose only, and that's for others. That's for others. We're not here to help you have a great church experience. We're not, if you're a Christ follower and you've been going to church a long time, this isn't a place for you to come sit in a pew. You're going to hate it here if that's what your mentality is. Because we got a work to do. we got a mission to do. we got things to do. we got people to save. we got, we got, we got a mission. That, we're, we're on the move here. This is a movement. This is not a church service. That's, just, say it like you mean it. This is a movement, not a church service. Right? This isn't about a building. This is about Christ in you. The Holy Spirit, greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. Going out there and reaching those that are hopeless. That's why we exist for other people. And that's the only reason that we exist. And there's three fundamental truths I want to hit on today when it comes to what, what we stand for. Why we exist for others. The reasoning behind it. And it starts in James 1.27. And this is in the Message Bible. It says, real religion... The kind that passes muster before God the Father, right? This, let me back up. So there's a verse in the Bible, right? It says, there's going to be many people who get to heaven and say, God, I did all this stuff in your name. And God's going to look at them and say, but I never knew you. Depart from me. Right? So that's what he's saying. The, the, the real religion, the kind that when you get in front of God, he goes, I know you. Come on in. You had my heart and I had yours. Come on in. So that's what he's talking about, right? It, it, it's, a, it's this. So pay attention. Real religion is this. So if you want to know what real religion is, it's this. It's reach out to the homeless and loveliness in their plight. See, it's to reach others. It's to be a blessing to other people. It's not for us to come in here and be blessed. Well, man, worship was amazing. I left there feeling great. I don't really care because worship isn't about you. (laughs) Sorry, I'm stepping on some feet. It's about God. It's not about how you feel when you walk out of here. It's about how God feels when you walk out of here. Was God pleased with your praise today? Did he feel like you worshiped him today, right? That's what it's all about. It's about worship to him. It's not about worship to you. It's not about how you feel. It's about how, how you worshiped, how you, how you interacted with him on this day. It's all about that. You were, you were, there's the truth is you were, number one, we are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. You know, I, yesterday I had the opportunity, well, last week I, a, a really good friend of my wife and I uh, called us and he's like, hey man, I got these Buckeye tickets, you want them? I was like, let me think about this. Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't I want them? And so, so I went and, and, uh, and I met him and, and we sent our kids away for the weekend to grandparents, come on somebody. Woo! Only parents can relate to that. And so, so the kids were gone, and, and I didn't tell them we were going to the Ohio State game because I wanted that drama with my kids because they're both big fans, and they'd be like, no, why don't you take me? No, why don't you take me? I'm taking your mom. Forget about it. She's way prettier than you. And, and, and I don't, yeah. anyway, I'll just stop there, right? But I'm taking your mom. So, so we went to the game last night. And it's funny, when I went to, to him and I picked up the tickets, I met him in the parking lot and looked like we were new to a drug deal or something. It's kind of cool. You ever feel like you're like, check me out? I feel like... All, all clandestine and stuff, looking like a spy. And so, so I pick up these tickets, and, and he gives me the tickets, and he walks back to his car. He says, come here. And he, he comes out, and he, he takes out his wallet, and he hands me a couple of five. He says, here, man, I just want to bless you because I want you to be able to pay for parking and get some snacks and stuff. I opened it, it was like 50 bucks. So not only did he give me tickets, he gave me $50. Come on, somebody, right? 
right? That's good. I got to pay for parking. I got free food. It was a free date with my wife to watch the Ohio State University. Got all the time. Come on. All the time. And so, so, so we went to the game and we got absolutely drenched and it was a blast. It was so much fun. But, but listen, Dax understands that we are blessed. He was blessed to be a blessing. He was blessed to be a blessing and he blessed us. And that's how we need to live our lives. Listen, if you only, if you live your life with your hands out, hands up, you're only going to be happy on your birthday and Christmas. Cause that's the only time people are giving you stuff, right? But if you live life hands down, ready to serve, you'll be happy 365 days a year. Cause there's nobody that can control your happiness when you're giving. Cause blessed is he who gives, right? Greater is to give than to receive. Come on somebody. That's scripture right there. That'll change your life. See, we're blessed to be a blessing. We're not blessed to be blessed. It's not about us. It's about him. He blesses us so that we can blessing to other people. That's why we forget. We, we remember, let's never forget why we do it. Genesis 12, 12 says, I will, 12, two says, I will bless you and you will be a blessing to others. That's what it says. He's blessing us to be a blessing to others. So my question to you today is who are you blessing? Who are you blessing? Who are you being a blessing to? And I want to challenge you with that. Find somebody that you can bless today. Today, before you leave service, find somebody you can bless. It may not be, it doesn't necessarily be a financial thing. It may not be tickets to the Michigan game, but you could bless me with that. I'll take them. Okay, but, but what I'm saying, if I, it may be a word of encouragement. You, it, it may be just a smile. It might be a way, it might be a handshake. It might be just interacting with somebody. Hey, I heard that situation. How's that situation going in your life that I heard about a couple weeks ago? Just interacting with somebody just to let them know that you care. Right? We're not just talking about financial stuff here. We're just talking about being a blessing to somebody. And it might be finances for some of you. I don't know what the case may be, but, but find a way to be a blessing today. Because here's what else I know. Number two is that the, the, one of the three fundamental truths is that when we bless others, God takes care of our needs. When we bless others, God takes care of our needs every time. Every time. And you know what? That's, that's, why, that's why a lot of us live in fear of blessing people because we're afraid that we're not going to have anything left. Well, if I bless them with that, then I may not have. Well, you don't trust God. Because his Bible says he will bless you. He will bless you. Whatever you reap, you will, whatever you sow, you will reap. You will bless, you will receive a harvest in due time. I promise you that if you'll just trust him enough. I was, I'll never forget a couple, I guess it was, I don't know if it was last year. I think it was last year. No, it was in February. That's when it was, January, February. My wife's van out here in the parking lot during the service, some nice individual came and busted her window out and stole her makeup bag, which really made a lot of sense. And uh, like, who needs makeup that bad? Like, seriously. And the worst part about it, the door was unlocked. <laughs> you could have just saved me some money. Like, just open up the door. It'd have been awesome. But, but here's the thing is, I'm, I'm sitting out there in the parking lot and I'm sweeping up glass and, and I'm waiting for the sheriff so we can file a report. And as I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there doing my thing and, and just, just praising God for what had happened. Um, and I really was, I was like, God, you have a plan for all of this. I'm not going to get upset. I want to stay in the right mind, man. We're serving you and we're, we're doing our thing out here and, and whatever the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. But God, I know you come to give us life and give it to us more abundantly. So I believe that whatever the enemy meant for bad, God, you're going to, you're going to turn this into good. I'm just, I'm just doing that's what I do. And I'm sitting there and I get a phone call from a friend of mine. He says, Hey, where you at? You still at the church? I was like, yeah, I'm over here in the parking lot. He goes, really? 
Yeah, I said, man, some dude just busted out my window. He said, man, this must be Jesus then. And he pulls up to the parking lot and him and his wife get out of the car and he hands us a check. He was already en route with a check to pay for that window. Come on, somebody. Wasn't that cool? It was a really cool experience. But here's what, here's what he and his wife understands is that when he blesses other people, when you bless other people, because, you know, I bless you with my great communication. Let's not kid ourselves. So when I bless, well, when, 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 when I bless other people, and obviously I'm joking, but when I bless other people, I know that God's going to take care of my needs. I can look at a window and not freak out because I know God's going to provide all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Come on, somebody. I can believe that with everything that is within me. And then it, it, Luke 18 says this. It says, I guarantee this. Anyone who gives up anything for the kingdom of God will certainly receive many times more. Who, who needs many times more? If you don't, some of you are lying. I need it. I'll raise my hand for you. Many times more. Um, yeah, more in this life and will receive eternal life in the next world to come. That's the most important key right there, isn't it, guys? Eternal life. Eternal life. Come on, man. Luke six thirty eight. and the message says this. Give your life away and you'll find your life given back. Not merely given back given back with bonus and blessing. Come on, I don't know about you, but I want bonus and blessing in my life. I want bonus and blessing in my life. Man, it's been a rough week for me spiritually. It's been one of the most rough weeks spiritually that I've had in years. It's just been tough. And, and, and I was here this morning. I was, I was like on the way to church, and I'm just trying to get things ready, and, and things were just falling apart on me this morning. I got up at 5 o'clock this morning, and it just wasn't going, nothing went right for me today. Can I just say that? Can I just vent for you a second? I mean, nothing went right. I go to print out some stuff. Five o'clock in the morning, my printer runs out of the only ink cartridge I don't have. So five o'clock in the morning, I'm running up the mire. Come on, somebody. Right? Like, praise Jesus. It's my beauty to serve. I love Legacy Church, right? This is great. It's going to be an awesome day. It's going to be, I just can't wait for day. But, you know, and, I, and so I'm, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I'm kind of in a funky mood. Let's be honest. Don't judge me. But I'm kind of in a funky mood. And then, then I get in my car to finally leave the second time to leave for here. And, and man, I just start, you know what? I'm not going to let this get the best of me. It's not going to happen, man. I'm just, I'm just going to believe in faith. I'm going to believe in faith. God, look, I, I believe, hope, faith is a substance of things. Hope for the evidence is not think. What I see right now is not going well today, but I'm believing that people are going to come to Jesus today. I'm believing that what you do in Legacy Church is going to impact generations today. I'm believing for God. I believe I'm the head and not the tail. I believe that I'm above and not beneath. I believe that I'm blessed going in and blessed coming out. I believe that I'm going to lend and not borrow. That's what I'm saying to myself all the way here. I'm just building myself up in the faith. You know what happened by the time I got here? I'm like, we can do this. And I walk in and, and, and there's signs falling over. And I'm like, oh, yes, we can do this. Because our signs are broken, some of them. And, and anyway, but I'm believing. I'm not going to let that stuff distract me. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's how you need to be in your life. You need to, to, to depend on God like there's no tomorrow. Understand that there's going to be bonus and blessing in your life. Understand that a shift will come into your life when you get a vision to bless others. Come on, somebody. It's a good place to say amen. amen. And the last thing, the last truth that you need to understand is this, is that the more God blesses us, this is going to hurt some of you, the more he expects us to help others. The more God blesses us, the more he expects us to bless others. It's scriptural. It's just kind of what it is. I, I, Luke 4, twelve forty eight says this. It says, much is required from those to whom which is given, for their responsibility is greater. Everybody say greater. Say it like you're not scared. Greater. 
Your responsibility is great. We've been blessed in America. Come on, guys. We've been blessed with stuff. You don't, you don't think you have, go on a mission trip with us. We're going to Honduras next year, next summer. Go to Honduras with us. And you'll come back with your life changed going, wow, I am a spoiled first, uh, uh, first world Christian. Come on. It happens to me every time I go. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. I, I have so much. I am so blessed. I don't even know why I complain. Yeah, my, my, my soul just fell off of my Jordan yesterday, but then I look at my closet, and I got like five other pair of shoes, and I'm complaining about these. I just don't have enough. God, why don't you bless me? And I'm going, wait a second. Come on, buddy, get real. You got plenty. You don't lack any. And so, so, so you've got to understand that. God blesses us the more he expects us to help others. Um, it, I, when I was in Bible school, I had a friend of mine. His name was Daniel. And Daniel lived down the hall from me. I was single at the time. He lived down the hall from me. And Daniel, God had told him not to work, which is the weirdest thing because I was the guy that, man, you just work, right? You don't work, you don't eat. But this guy comes to Bible college and God had told him not to work and it drove him nuts. Can you imagine? I mean, he was a worker and he could do things that he could make money. He, was, he, had, he had some carpentry skills and things that he could really make a lot of money. But God said, nope, I want you to focus on me for the next two years and I don't want you to get a job. That was all. And so I would hear him in his room yelling at God. It was the craziest thing. I'm like, you're not allowed to yell at God. What are you doing? But he'd be yelling and they'd be having this conversation and, 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 and he'd be like, God, I don't understand. You told me not to work, but I need my rent and, and I can't pay my school bill, but you told me not to work. So God, you're faithful, but you got to come through. I don't understand this. And I remember one day I was like, I was sitting in my room and I, I'm kind of listening to Daniel and I feel God talk to me. He says, look, I always used to carry a hundred dollars in my wallet. That's before I was married. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I used to carry a hundred dollars just for, just for for emergencies. My dad always did it. And, and so I just started doing it and I always had a hundred dollars in my wallet. And, and, and I remember God spoke to me loudly. Hey, you need to go give that hundred dollars to Daniel. And I'm like, but that's my emergency fund. I can't do this. And he's like, no, you need to do it. I was like, okay. So I take out the hundred dollars and I walk to his room. He's literally praying for his rent money. I knock on his door and I said, Daniel, I need to give this to you. And he looks at me and he's like, oh my gosh, like that's exactly what he needed. And he got the hundred dollars just like that. And then I turn around, I literally, I tell, I've told some of you, but I turn around, leave his room. I kid you not, as I'm leaving his room, I walk down, and there's a friend of mine on the other hallway that he had this really cool, and you know how college, we were just kind of, he had this really cool um, hot chocolate set, hot cocoa, had like cups and hot chocolate and, you know, all that stuff in it. And I'd always want it. He didn't do anything. He was sitting in his room. I was like, dude, do you give me that? No, I ain't giving it to you. Okay, I hand him $100. I, he clo- Daniel closes his door, and as I'm walking, he opens his door. And he said, here, God wants me to give you this. I went, that is crazy. Like, <laughs> and so, so as I'm walking down the hall, this other, Bubba, Bubba, Bubba was everything Bubba you think. Let me just say that. <laughs> Bubba was Bubba. He was from South Texas. He was Bubba. And so, so Bubba walks down the hall. And as he's walking down the hall, Bubba's carrying this base amp in his hand and he hands it to the guy that just handed me the hot chocolate set here. God wants me to give you this. I went, this is crazy. Like this doesn't happen. Like, you know what? But we just learned something, right? That God, God wants you to bless other people, right? He want, he, he's going to take care of you when you bless other people. And at this moment, I'm taking care of Daniel. He's taking care of me and Bubba's taking care of him. I'm like, this is nuts. Come on. This is the Bible in action. How cool is this? Imagine a church where this would happen on a regular basis. Imagine a community where this would happen daily, where we would just take care of each other's needs. You know, the welfare program was never designed to be given. The government should never have control of that. That's the church's responsibility. Read Acts. 
They brought everything to the church and distributed it to everybody that had need. That's a welfare system that God designed that the government has no business having control of. But because we don't understand the process of giving, the principle of giving, then, then the church has got, had to go up. People have got to go elsewhere outside the church. Church, we need to claim this back. This needs to be our responsibility to help those that need help, to give to those that need help, to, 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 to understand that the more God blesses us, the more he expects us to give. Come on, somebody. I know you don't want to say it because then there's accountability with that. So just keep quiet. <laughs> right? Come on. That's why Luke 12, right? For much is required from those to whom much is given for their responsibility is greater. So, so, so let's shift gears a little bit. So what does that mean? So if we're blessed to be a blessing and, and all these things that, that go with this, what does that mean for us as a church? What does that mean for you as a Christ follower? What does that mean for you to help remember the, the goal the, the mission that is set before us. And I want to shift gears and take us to, to a verse, um, Ephesians 1, 17 through 18. Ephesians 1, 17 through 18. And I went to a conference this year. That we and a couple, four or five people went. And, and, and this verse w- was at this conference. And, and it really kind of changed the direction that Legacy Church has taken for me. And I'm not one of those guys that go to conferences and decide to change everything. We're not changing everything, but there is one specific thing we're changing. And that's kind of the, the, the strategy that we're going to use to help change this community and change your life. Okay, so you should be excited because this is going to change your life, I promise. I mean, this will change your life, I promise. Ephesians 1.17 says this. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So, so this, he's going to help you see, Okay. This is Paul talking. He says, I pray that God will help you see some things. Okay, so, so our vision as a church is we're believing. As your pastor, I'm believing that God's going to help you see some things over the next couple weeks. Okay, that, that God will help you see so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. So basically what I want to ask you today is, can you see it? Can you see it? Because I'm praying, we're praying as a church, as a leadership team, that God will give you the spirit of revelation. He will help you see what he wants to do in your life. And let me tell you, these things will absolutely change your life if you'll grab a hold of them. Okay. The first thing and, and, it's what, and I, want you to, I want you to see it. I want you to write this down. you got some notes in your worship. I want you to see it, not with your, with your eyes, but with your, your heart, with your spiritual eyes. I want you to see some things today. And, and as, as a church, when we think about being focused on other people, when we think about that we're going to help those that are far from God realize they don't have to be, it starts with you. It starts with you. So you need to see some things today. And I'm going to help you see some things, hopefully. Hopefully God's going to help you see some things. But, but what I want you to see first is when we talk about a church, the most important thing we can do as a church is bring you to Christ. That's the first point. Bring you to Christ. And most of you in this room are like, duh, right? That's why we do church. Obviously, it's around God and it's around Christ. And yeah, it is. But, but here's what Paul is saying. He's, he said, I want, I want to help you understand Christ so that you may have the spirit of wisdom, so that you may know him better. See, if you don't walk out of Legacy Church, if you don't leave our small groups and, and connect with people, then, and you don't know God better, then we're not doing our job. Okay, so we want to help you, help you, bring you to Christ. Look, Luke 14, 23 says this, go out into the country and urge anyone, say anyone, 
anyone you find to come in so that what? My house may be what? Half empty. Right? Three quarters. Full. Look around. Look seriously. Look around right now. Do you see all this empty space over here? We're far from full, people. We are far from full. We could blow out these walls, no kiddingly. We could fit six, 700 people in here easily. That's my vision. My vision is to see this wall blown out and see a stage put against that wall and see this whole entire auditorium filled up with people who are coming close to God. Come on, somebody. That's the vision. Is that his, God wants his church to be full. He wants his house to be full of people that know him. He doesn't want his house to be full of people that come and play church. He wants his house to be full of people that know him. And listen, it, it, it says to go out, right? To go out and urge anyone. So who is anyone? That's your neighbor. That's your coworker. That's your, your uncle, your aunt, your brother, your sister. That's, that's, that's the, the, the receptionist at your office. That's the, the cashier at Meyer. That's the, the, the person that's serving you at the fast food window. Go out and urge anyone to come in so that his house may be full, so that they may know him, right? And it's as easy as going back to the connection tent, grabbing a couple invite cards and handing it to people. Go out and tell anyone so that his house may be full. We need to be serious about bringing people to Christ. We can never forget why we're here. We are here to bring people to Christ. That's the bottom line, so that they may know him. The second thing is this, right? We'll see it in scripture. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, right? That in order that you may know the hope for which he has called you. Right, Ecclesiastes 4.10 says it better this way. If one falls, the other can help his friend get up. But how tragic it is for the one who is all alone when he falls. There is no one to help him get up, right? There's no, help, I've fallen, I can't get up button thing, right? There's none of that. When they're alone, they're alone. And, and how sad is it? So the second thing that, that he wants to show you here is that you can connect that we can connect you in community. You've got to be connected in community. How sad is it when somebody falls and they're all alone and can't get up? And, and that's obviously, yes, physically, but what about spiritually? How, far, how, how sad is it when somebody falls spiritually and they're all alone? They don't have anybody to talk to. They don't have anybody to reach out to. They don't have anybody to help them make sense of what they're going through. They don't have anybody to help them be accountable, help them to bring life change in their life. How sad is that when somebody falls and they're all alone? How sad is it when they experience tragedy in their life and they don't have anybody to share that with? The Bible says to weep with those who weep and cry with those who cry. You've got to have people in your life to experience these things. How sad is it when you don't have those things? How sad is it? We've got to connect you in community because here's the thing. We talked about this last week and if you won't hear, hear, go listen to the podcast. God never designed you to live in isolation. He never designed you to live in isolation. The Bible says it is not, it was not good. He, God walking with Adam and Eve literally looked down on Adam, Adam, I'm walking with Adam literally looked down on Adam and says, it's not good that this man is alone. He's with the creator of the universe and he still felt lonely. He needed somebody and don't think that you're any different. We all need people in our lives. You've got to have people in your lives. Don't isolate yourself. You can insulate yourself. That's surround yourself with good people who have your heart, who love you, who are concerned about you, who are going to pray for you, who are committed to you, who you can tell your junk with, and they're not going to judge you, but they're committed to pray and help you find healing and wholeness. You can insulate yourself, but never isolate yourself. There's no such thing as a lone ranger Christian. We're not meant to do life alone. 
It's just not what it's supposed to happen. Listen, this time right now, 10 o'clock on Sunday morning should not be the only time we see each other. It should not be the only time we talk to each other. This, This shouldn't be the time where, okay, well, we get to go do church. No, no, no. We are the church. We should meet together regularly. We should confess our sins to each other regularly, pray for each other regularly so that what? Our souls might be saved so that we can find healing and wholeness. That's why we've got to be connected in community. Number three, we want to help you grow in your calling. We want to help you grow in your calling. Ephesians 4 says this, God gave some to be pastors. That's me and some of you to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Listen, you've got to grow in your purpose, your calling. What are you designed to do? I talked about this earlier, and I'm going to say it again. 87% of people in the church do not know what they're called to do. They don't know why they're here on earth. Let that not be said of Legacy Church. I want you to walk out of here. And listen, we started grow. We started, we have Grow Track Step 2 today. And today you can find your, you, today we're going to talk about connection, how you connect with others, how you can find freedom. Next week we're going to talk about discovering your purpose. And the week after that we're going to talk about how you can make a difference. And listen, jump in today. If you're brand new, you've never been here, this is your first time, I want to, after service, we got lunch, come jump in. It's going to be an hour. We got childcare, And you can learn today. Start today in four weeks. I can teach you how to know God. By the end of it, you'll be able to make a difference. Come on, who wants that in their life? You don't think it can, I'm telling you in four weeks, we're going to make it happen. You just got to get on board, get on board our grow track and find out how, what God wants to do in your life today. You have a calling, you have a calling. And I believe with it on my heart, God calls some of us to be in full-time ministry and the rest of you, he calls to be in full-time ministry. Every single one of us are called to full-time ministry. It just fleshes out a little bit differently. And my job as your pastor is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. You want to succeed in your business place and you get a hold of God like you've never got a hold of God and you will find success. You want to find success in your marriage and you get a hold of God like you've never got a hold of God and you will find success in your marriage. You will find repair, uh, uh, restoration in your marriage with your kids, whatever the case may be. You'll find freedom if you'll just get a hold of God and we want to help you do that. And last but not least, number four, is we want to send you to your circle. We want to send you to your circle. Look, here, here's the one thing I know as a pastor. I can only do, I can only, I can do what you can't do and you can do what I can't do. I can sit up here on stage and talk and it's easy for me and I like it and I enjoy it. And it's just kind of a gift that grace God's put on my life. Trust me, I don't know where it came from. I used to fail oral report projects in school because I would not get up in front of people. Wouldn't happen. Terrified. I had a school of like hundred people and I was the man. I was like class king. I was the king and I was the president. I was all that stuff. And I still hated getting in front of people and talking. And here, God like kind of has a sense of humor because now that's what I do, right? But but I, I I can communicate the truths of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a great, it's a gift that God's put in my life. But tell me what you can do that I can't is you can bring your friends, you can reach your friends, and I make a deal with you. If you'll start bringing your friends, I'll start preaching the gospel like I do every week, and we're going to see people come to Jesus like they've never come to Jesus before. She's with me. Me and Rachel will take over the world. There we go. Look, I want to send you to your circle. That's why Matthew 28 says this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We want to send you out to your circle. You need to go. 
You need to go and you need to remember why you're there. You need to remember why you're at your workplace. You're not at your workplace to make money. I hate to tell you. You got duped if you believe that. You're at your workplace so that you can reach those people that God has sent you to reach. You're there because you're the only person that can reach those people. That's why you're there. You're in that particular environment, in that circle of people, so that you can help them find freedom in Christ, that they're never going to find it without your influence in their life. That's why you're there. And we want to help you go to those circles. You're in your schools. You're in your universities. You're in your neighborhoods. You're everywhere that you're there so that you can tell those people the good news of Jesus Christ and share with them the kindness of God that brings them to repentance. Come on. That's why you're there. Never, ever forget. It's September 11th. Never, ever forget why you're here. Never, ever forget your purpose. Never, ever forget what you were designed to do. And that's to tell other people about Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you. You are so awesome. And Lord, let us never forget that moment that we had with you where we realized that we were dead. And Lord, we experienced brand new life that comes from knowing you, God. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving those of us in this room that call ourselves Christ followers, God. May we never forget what you've done in our life. Not so that we can experience the blessing, so that we can go out and reach those, so that they can have their own experience, so that they can feel the same thing that we felt, so that they can find freedom in you, so they can find life in you, so that they can go reach more people for you, God. Let us never forget to tell our story.